But you could call me the can man, because anybody can get it. Unbelievable! Dana! 60 G's, baby! <laughs> Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler! Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today I'm joined by Tom Kennett and Tom Kennett only. Back in the upstairs studio, as we say. No Alex again this week. He's back from trading and still can't find the time for us, so we'll have to make do. We've made him a priority. He's made us an option. We've, like a girl on Instagram, we've been left <laughs> to cry ourselves away. Now is probably a good time to say that you won't be here next week. Alex will be, but... Uh, as I said today at work, you've uh, been far more reliable through the years. Far more reliable. I've got a, a serious commitment in the form of a stag do, which cannot be ignored. Uh, no excuses like warm weather training or any <laughs> bollocks. We're, uh, I'm straight down the line with you, but I'm sure you'll get on just fine without me. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll see what uh, Alex does or if he waits till Monday to let me know. Uh, yeah, Monday or maybe Sunday. We've got a couple of things on the TV before the England game starts. Gaethje against James Victor start us off, so this one shouldn't last too long. We've got a bit of a mix to start us off this week. We've got a question from uh, Sean Shoot, which we'll get into after this, but I've just got three news headlines to kick us off, (laughs) all from today. First one, bride falls for bridesmaid at her wedding, and now they live as a threesome. (laughs) What? So themed with the stag do, this is. Essentially, um... Uh, I'll say for a start, they look exactly how you would imagine them to look. Yeah. Um, I can say this as a person with glasses. <laughs> they got like uh, one's got green short hair for the bird glasses. Okay. Um. So yeah, and, it, it and tra- the bloke's just putting up with this. It, well, it transpired that her bridesmaid she hadn't actually met properly before. She basically spoke to it like an online friend, invited her to the wedding. She said she got married and realised that there was just something missing. <laughs> realised um, that it was that she needed another woman in the relationship. Needed more vagina in her life. She said, um, nothing makes me smile quite as much as uh, seeing my two partners cuddling together, knowing that I have the I have the both of them to make me happy. What on earth? She's like, she said, she said her mum, there, there goes uh, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> Slump. She said her, her mum is very happy for her after she's explained that this is the happiest she's ever been. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's so nothing to... At what to... point did she realise she was in love with the bride? Is it happy for the ceremony or something? She just said, look, no, no, no. Pump the brakes, son. Yeah, they, they, they didn't actually have a quote from him, so I don't know how well he's taken it. Because I imagine... He's had to put a brave face on it, hasn't he? Well, that's the thing. I'm, they've got married and then she's essentially gone, you know what? You're actually not really enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to have to... Oh, you know that bridesmaid at our wedding? You've essentially been a bridesmaid to someone who hasn't really spoken to you, haven't you? 
You're a witness. <laughs> much for a muchness. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were on my mum's wedding then. Was... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do uh, now clock on to what you're saying. I was trying to find the picture so you could uh, see just what they look like as a couple, but I'm struggling to find it, unfortunately. Um, I'll get I'll get back to it. Might be a silly question, eh, American? They're not actually, no, oh. they're English. Okay. And they they look, um, you know, I'm trying to think the best way. You know, in South Park, how stereotypical goth the goths look like. <laughs> they're they're like um, uh, kind of a real life version of them. Okay. Uh, next one was slightly more dark. Um, man eats raw pig's head in protest outside vegan food festival. <laughs> now I'll say with this, like I know these make good headlines and things. I don't know how you could be that offended by people being vegan that you're willing to buy a pig's head and eat it raw outside of a food festival just to make a point. That's going to cause you some serious problems eating a pig's head raw. That's not good. No, and that maybe says that maybe says it all that this is how strongly this bloke feels. I don't know why you're offended by vegans anyway. Like, I wouldn't choose to. Remember the outrage about that that vegan sausage roll? Yeah. Like, I know Piers Morgan yeah. was sort of the, the benchmark for it, but I don't really know what... If you want... As long as you're not choosing it, it's not really a problem, is it? Presumably you're not, going to. No. I don't know what's fucking it. Vegan <laughs> sausage roll. I mean, Jesus. There must be cardboard in there. Why? Well, we've got Sam at work who now opts for the vegetarian options. I can, I can get lunch. that a little bit more. Some of that stuff looks all right, but you're not... Not regularly going to be choosing vegetarians. One thing as well, vegan means you can't have any, no, yeah, any sort of <laughs> shit. It's almost like when you have a gluten-free something. If yeah. you have like a gluten-free, <laughs> vegan-friendly, celiac-friendly, I mean, what is actually in this? <laughs> what are you actually giving me? Well, this one. Well, to be fair, I actually, but staying on that, I kind of got the ones, although it's maybe not the best way to handle it. You know, when you've had the vegans before protesting outside like a butcher's. And yeah. so the bloke makes a point by then carving the meat in the window. <laughs> I get that one a bit more because it's like, right, if you're going to dish it out, now and you're, you're going to get it back. trying to his business. Aren't yeah. You? Did you ever think like things like that that, like, say, oh, you've got to, you've got to go vegan, you've got to go gluten free? Did you ever think it's like they're maybe just mythical? Uh, like, yeah, if definitely. you were a kid, you just you had like maybe the shits one night. And maybe a doctor told you, well, sometimes you even like self diagnose and then you convince yourself, right, that was it. I always thought if if I tried that when I was younger, my dad probably would have been like, "What the fuck are you talking yeah. about?" <laughs> In fact, you're going to eat more gluten. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get you some gluten. <laughs> well, this actually leads quite well on to the next uh, on to the next and final headline, and that is, <laughs> oh, no. man eats Morrison's flaming fiery fowl curry and really regrets the decision. <laughs> <laughs> now to explain this, he's gone in and he said he's not really a fan of hot food. He was more just curious. And so rather than kind of dip, rather than dip his back. toe in, he's gone for the one that has an eight chili rating on the front of it. I think I might have seen the the picture of him holding the thing up saying like the, well, the packet. Well this is the most ridiculous thing. So he's not a fan of hot food. He doesn't know how it's gonna go. He bought three <laughs> What? I don't know why he bought three. This is kind of Even like if a, you were a fan, why would you buy three? This is kind of like a footnote in the article as well. He just kind of reveals like, yeah, I thought I'd just buy three just to give it a go. He thought he was just going to be able to just knock through it. What? Have you ever seen that though? Where? So did you ever do the cinnamon challenge? 
No. But it was I, one of those things. Watching people do it was enough. Well, this was the thing. So I hadn't actually watched anyone do it. I'd just been told about you can't have a teaspoon of uh, cinnamon in your mouth and you won't be able to handle it. So after work one night, I finished it at half ten. There was a video, but it was that dark that it just didn't really. All you could hear was me choking. Yeah. And so I've decided, well, a tablespoon, I could do that. (laughs) Bought a thing of cinnamon from uh, the court where it worked and literally just kind of like chugged it back until my mouth was, I had as much in there as I could. And it is literally within like a half a second then where it suddenly just like fills your entire throat and uh, you start making noises like Mr. Wheezy out of Toy Story 2 and then the cinnamon's flying everywhere and then all shame goes out the window. You think that having the camera in front of you, you would... (laughs) kind of play it down there is it goes out the window at that point you just is it forget. really is like horrific as it looks like there's, it does there, look awful. there's a point where you genuinely think you are dying <laughs> because everything and you know when they say people are hysterical and so they're going so much that they like or their mind is almost like forgetting to breathe yeah. and you're focused so much on what's in your mouth that you, you you can't stop and like breathe through your nose because you're just like choking and coughing all over the place because <laughs> your boy Mike Parry on TalkSport there was a video of him doing that when it was going around where he essentially did what you did but he did it on camera where he said look I don't believe any of this bollocks so yeah. I'm going to be doing this and also this is talking shit and he does it and then does exactly what you said where he's kind of he's spitting everywhere and looks like he's choking and... yeah there's a guy who used to be um, on Don't Flop called Big J and he did the same thing and he buys two tubs and get what? and and he um, fills up a ladle, and then he gets to tip his head back, and he gets someone else to tip the ladle into his mouth. Jeez. And then he is literally people laughing, and he's going bright. He's going, help, help me, help me! <laughs> and you essentially just have to get as much water as you can, and you can't even swallow it. You just have to keep swilling it and spitting. It's disgusting. Oh, it just looks like muddy water. Which actually carries on to what this guy says. So this this guy is making it like this really emotional article, and he says essentially, it was within two bites when he realised this isn't for me. <laughs> he said he had two bites and then had three pints of water. It did nothing for him. He said he had the shakes for forty five minutes, <laughs> and um, and there's a quote where he says something. He says I'm trying to think the exact quote. He says. Um, I thought I'd be too scared to have a fart again. <laughs> oh. He didn't bin the other two either. He's kept the other two, just in case, I guess, if someone comes over. And wants to... he comes round to the idea. Yeah, I'll... eight chilli fowl. Well, I've sure thought, I've thought this before, so the hottest I've got is a vindaloo, and it's not enjoyable. Like, I, I got through it, but it like wasn't enjoyable. No. And I think that when people say... Oh, what do you have when you have a curry? And they're like, oh, well, I have this extra spicy thing. It's like you're doing it more to prove a point than to actually enjoy it. It's I don't believe the table anyone stuff, enjoys. No, I remember. I remember being younger, and my my dad is one of those people who's like, oh, I have this, and yeah. like he used to wear glasses, and you you can't. Yeah, you have it in front of you for thirty seconds. Your whole glasses are steamed up. Where I was <laughs> so hot, and then I I just remember from a young age hearing the phrase, "Oh, bang the toilet roll in the fridge, will you?" 
Because <laughs> I got told as well that a fart is like significantly hotter than a vindaloo as well. It's not like a like a small step up. It is. Yeah, I rem- like to the point where a lot of Indian restaurants don't do it. If you go to like most takeaways and stuff, they don't. If you sell, if you say to someone a vindaloo, they know what it is. If you yeah. say foul, they're not always going to no. be aware. What I I would bat myself not to eat it, but I could, I'd think I'd bat myself to last longer than others. Like I've said before. If it was if it was a chosen thing where four of us all got one and it was right last man standing, yeah, I think I could give it a good go. I don't know why people go straight to water when it's like common knowledge that makes it ten times worse. It's just one of those things, isn't it? You don't have a pint of milk candy. No, but if I was having that, then I would have a pint of milk. Oh candy. right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd I'd give it a go for a bit, but I would not be. <laughs> Sticking around too long, like you said, I like a bit of spicy food. But if you're doing it to prove a point, you wouldn't have to be at mine either. We've only got one toilet. If four of you are having a foul, I'll be, be digging a hole in the back garden. Pretty sure. <laughs> All right, we'll move on then, and I will give the credit to Sean for this question. For those who uh, are listening for the first time, he's an avid listener. Listener question: This is, <laughs> and he said. If you put all of the Premier League players into one bar and they have to compete to take one girl home, who does she leave with? Now, for the purpose of setting this up, I don't know if this is how it should be, but I'm thinking just for the image to not be hundreds of people and just one bird in the bar, we're going to say this is like a uh, a speed dating scenario. <laughs> so we've essentially got like a... They're all in the bar, but we've got like a round robin situation where they're all having a slot to at least. <laughs> they can all have a crack at it. Yeah, they can each at least have a go. No one's gonna not have a chat to them. No, and then from then on, I guess this is where the conversation goes as to how underhanded <laughs> things can get. Um, I could say, could say, it, good thing it's League One, uh, Premier League, because there's some people in League One and the Championship that you wouldn't want there. <laughs> I was going to say how forceful can they be yeah <laughs> presumably well, she does have to consent to go yeah. home with them alright so if we if we go for the obvious choice that we've spoken about on the podcast several times Giroud will put him out there I think we might we might have to like kick him out of the, well, the my, place my too... thinking was could his public infidelity come back to haunt him now we don't know what we we don't know what kind of girl this is. We don't know if she's in it for the long run. If it is literally a case of mm. the footballer is just trying to swindle and take whoever it is home. It's not Danielle Lloyd who's been mentioned on the pod several times because it might not be Lara down to one footballer then. Be <laughs> no, one day she, a week. She cannot friend of the pod Danielle Lloyd <laughs> cannot make an appearance on this night. It's not well, a fair test. <laughs> the next month would just be a rotor. Right? <laughs> that would be your slot. <laughs> yeah. Um. But some women, you know, that thing about the infidelity, some some women are sort of suckers of punishment, aren't they? That would be a, a turn-on for a lot of them. That thrill of the cheat. Well, we don't know We don't know who this girl is. We're going to have to do it figuratively. So I guess we'll have to mould it between the who the footballers are. I think if we do some kind of description, this girl is setting herself up to be in a bar with hundreds of Premier League players all to have a shot. But that doesn't mean she deserves what she gets. Remember that. No, I'm saying that maybe she could be in it for different reasons, and that could then I, affect the players you're going to get. I think, look, we've got to take it as a good-natured... She's up for... Look, I might go home with them. I'm, I'm not... I'm, she's, she's not going to be a... Like look, a, I'm going home with someone tonight. Like a like a, like a Tinder bio. Uh, 
Don't let one night stands, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Which I actually have seen before. Ironically, don't let one night stands is the most assured way of getting yourself <laughs> not matched. Not necessarily because someone's looking for a one night stand, just because you know she's going to be. You know what type of way she's going to be? She's a bit angry. I don't like the aggression coming through the the phone screen. Definitely not. Oh, I've still not seen a, a, a better bio than a, than a Chinese girl with the with the bio. Um, not yet a person yet that doesn't like a hot Chinese on their lap. <laughs> that is that is sensation. She deserves every match she gets. That is one. Sometimes when you do actually stop to have a look at the bio, you think this is what this is worthwhile than look at some of these. You do get some gems. I tried claiming that I, I wouldn't match you unless she had a good bio, but that was just a. <laughs> even I didn't really mean it as I was saying. Our it. exploits on the podcast se- separately would tell us that it would not be the case from those tales that have been on here before. Yeah. Right. My next suggestion was, um, and if we're going down a similar vein, Aaron Ramsey, and if I can ex- yeah. if I can explain, reasonably good looking bloke from. From uh, I mean, we can say he's a good-looking bloke, and who isn't? You see that from Twitter as well, from what people say, at least from Arsenal fans. Most of the podcasts are like an ode to Giroud, to be fair. So yeah. any sort of yeah. <laughs> homosexual tendencies have already been aired. It's fine. He's got that big Juve payday incoming. Yeah. No bad publicity to his name. Nope. Come back from adversity before. Sign of a strong man. What's his chat like? Has he got the chat? I'll tell you what he would do. He'd be stuck trying to um, he'd get his leg out and she'd start doing some, like a weird thing that you could potentially do with that broken leg. Like, look what I can do. And that would be one way, one or two ways with that girl. She's going to be like, this guy's a weirdo or she's going to love I can't really grasp like what he's like because he seems like quite a confident bloke. And there was a clip recently um, on one of the Arsenal players' Instagrams. I think it was Maitland-Niles. And from what I gather, he had a, a new coat on and he's walking through the dressing room and they're all kind of making noises at him. And he looks like the most embarrassed school <laughs> kid you'll ever see. Me all the while, secretly deep down, knowing how good he looks and strutting through the changing room. 100%. The beard changed him. The beard changed it for a lot of people, actually. Mm. And it's done It's done Ramsey a lot of favours. Two cup final winners on track for 400 grand a week. This girl can do a lot worse. Oh, she could do a lot worse. He's he's right at the he's right at the top of the sort of stock market at the minute. He's a, his stock has risen, and to be honest, it's as high as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah, playing with Ronaldo brings certain pressures that playing with uh, Mustafi doesn't quite. <laughs> certain demands. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have you got a name you want to throw in the hat? Um, I wanted someone that again you want to get from away from the obvious, like someone like Giroud. I'm going to go for. This guy might not have, he might only get one chance at this girl, so I'm, I'm going to want it to fall to my man, Glenn Murray. <laughs> <laughs> because, as well, not only, like I said, he's got a good strike rate, but also this girl, like you said, we don't know a lot about her. So I feel like he's got the experience that he's going to know. Look, he's going to have that bit of chat for her. Some of these other lads, if you're at the bar, might be starting having a few too many drinks. He knows what he's <laughs> like at this point, he knows his way around the bar. Uh, and Frankly, it doesn't matter if she's really good looking, not the best looking, whatever. He'll he'll score a scrappy little tap in, or he'll score a worthy for you. He doesn't discriminate. Halfway through the night, Jiru and Ramsey are looking at him, going, "You're ruined, aren't you?" And he's like, "No, lads, water." And then he winks at him and goes away with a bird. 
Glenn Murray, actually. I'm Everton on Football Manager at the moment. I, I had the experiment being United. I told you I felt filthy doing so. Yeah. Wanted to see if I could do a better job than Jose. Confirmed I could. So, uh, we didn't get sacked uh, so, no. by default. It was actually, I, I don't know if you actually have favouritism for United on Football Manager. Because I've said on here before, I don't like it when it's too easy. If you can go out and win in your first season. So I won the Champions League my first season. Yeah. Didn't win the league, but it was too easy. And then I won it the second season. They give you too much cash. <laughs> you can get any staff member you want. And there isn't a player that doesn't want to join you other than Ronaldo and Messi. It was easy for Jose. He fucked it. So Everton and got in Glenn Murray as my backup striker. Three and a half million. Bargain. Got rid of some of some of the some of the waste they have in there. Some squad. of the dross. I actually couldn't get rid of some players, but I like to any loan players they already have, I like to get rid. I'm clearing my wage bill. I'm not interested in developing someone else's player. <laughs> but speaking of Everton, the next man, and it's similar to the first two, no real reason other than this, Andre Gomez. <laughs> what? He's in the upper echelons of the handsome Premier League players. And he might get by on that alone. We're just gonna go for. Some, we're gonna try and pick out the best-looking blokes. Well, I think you got to show appreciation. That um, yeah. first derby you had in the season, it's half of my Twitter was saying, "What a gorgeous bloke!" For he me, was. what a gorgeous man. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be sick of that every time. Uh, Jesus Navas played in the derby. Oh, look at his eyes. I I disagreed. I thought his eyes were fucking creepy. There is such a thing as too blue. They were too blue. Well, yeah, well, Andre Gomez, he wouldn't be my pick. I think he's one to throw in the mix. I think he'll be one where... Uh, I don't think he's got the chat. You, if you're that good looking, you, you can't have the chat. There's you know, no point. You, know, you, know you wouldn't even... Like I said, I wouldn't even bother learning words if I was little like that. He's got the qualifications... He's got the qualifications to get his foot in the door. But... Hopefully figuratively, not... Yeah. <laughs> but the other candidates might just have that little bit of X factor that he doesn't. I think this this girl, she's going to go for someone with it. She's got a lot of options here. I think she's, you're going to have to have a little bit of chat in there. All right. Well, what about Van Dyke? He's mentioned in every other conversation. Is he getting in this mix? Not a chance. He doesn't want to get his clean sheets dirty. <laughs> He's not taking her home. Well, he, he, people, he might win on their fact. You can't dribble past him. We've all seen the stats. <laughs> Nabry's put out... I will will say, so Connor put in the chat yesterday during the game, I was watching March Madness, something along the lines of Van Dyke has just ruined, uh, Nabry just ruined Van Dyke. (laughs) So I assumed it was going to be an overreaction, but I thought at least it was going to be, they were probably level, he's put the burners on. Yeah, done it for pace, whatever. I don't know who the other centre-back is. But it was a classic case of, like, get out of the way, because he's absolutely cutting off the run if the other defender doesn't get in his way. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Have you, have you seen the oh, goal? I haven't actually seen it. He I literally go on what everyone said. Nabry, um, Nabry's going down the flank. He cuts inside past uh, Van Dyke, and he's cutting across, and the other defender comes across and just basically bumps into Van Dyke. Oh, God. And he just curls it around the pair of them. It's a great finish. Yeah. But yeah, it's not quite the uh, not quite what was spectacular built. moment which uh, no. is being spoken about. I was trying to see if I could get the video up for you now just to see uh, your reaction or not. Um, is this it? Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, I'll be honest, that's a little yeah. disappointing. I thought he was going to be put on his ass or something. All right, well, I've just seen that someone's... Uh, well, edit, the, the end yeah. of it, so... Yeah, I would yeah, seen yeah, But yeah. regardless, I saw the... Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, you know, Jibbaz, and then one of those where he's sent the defender one way, he's gone the other, and he's ended up on his yeah. ass or something like that. I will say, the way he's being spoken about at the moment, it is being set up for a big fall. Yeah, but the on- the only thing I'll say on that is I don't I haven't heard him or someone at the club saying it. No, no, it no. It seems a strange sort of build it's, up. Yeah. Like, to the point where like you said, the, the sort of the fall is we're talking about a defender, someone going past him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What is, the is no one ever gonna go past you? It just seems a strange uh conversation to be having about anyone. Well, we've spoken about it's an impossible before. height, isn't it? We've spoken about it before. Um each club just does have freaks on social media. I comment on this one bloke from Arsenal all the time who absolutely kills me. Mm. Arguing with people today saying that they aren't proper Arsenal fans if they don't agree Ertzel isn't the greatest player of all time. <laughs> uh, He's got surely gone full troll at that point. No, this bloke is absolutely meant. He has a kid as well, which is even more That's terrifying. But no, the Van, the Van Dyke thing, it's being built up to be there's going to be a big game and he yeah, absolutely is going to get dribbled past yeah. yeah yeah but that's life is there anyone from the Liverpool squad you're chucking in the mix <laughs> you don't want that distraction at this stage of the season but <laughs> there'd be whoever it was they'd just as it was happening everyone would just be looking saying is he going to bottle this is he going to bottle it <laughs> I was thinking just of how sort of different players around the league would end up on a night out and I feel like Salah and Mane would go home with a girl, but it would be such a scattergun approach of, you'd have to say to him, like, look, you had enough chances throughout this whole night. Of course you're going to go home with someone. You've gone up to everybody. You've had chances all night, and eventually you've stuck one in. I've told you on this podcast, Man- Salah would do it just to spite Mane. <laughs> all right, who else have I... All right, so we can rule Martial out. He's going to get in the door. This person's going to remember. He won't even pay for Manando's. Out. <laughs> Ruled out. He is a funny looking bloke as well, so that probably won't help. Now, hear me out here. Luke Shaw might get his foot in the door. So, this bird's going to see the opening. We, we, we've we seen what's going on with his current bird. The publicity is not great for him. <laughs> I thought this was actually the second fight that I had on, but obviously... Don't think they've got the second one on YouTube. No, obviously not, because... Uh, we're about, <laughs> we're about to see McGregor get choked out. Um, so she might see the opening, maybe feel bad for him, maybe see that he is on something like 120 grand a week now, and she she might she won't have to worry about the ex. She knows she's only going up from there after the tabloids just savaged his current. <laughs> that his was current <laughs> well, the, the headline literally being, "Does he not know he can do better than this?" So awful, isn't it? The if he if he was kind of spotted leaving a nightclub, you just have Jose just pop up out of nowhere and be like, "You wouldn't be taking this girl home unless I brought you out tonight." <laughs> I've directed you through this. So, if we get so we got into Glen Murray earlier, and you were saying how he's got that he's got the clinical nature. If we maybe get into the dirty tactics, so I'm not ruling Harry Kane out here. If you remember him stealing that goal from Ericsson last year, that tells me he is willing to do anything to get his way. Hundred percent. He'll have all the uh, receipts of all the awful things that each of these people has said when they're in there, having a little whisper in the ear. He'll interrupt the little dates at the table and say, if you don't mind, if I could just uh, sit in for a second. 
if he's too drunk, you won't know if he's slurring his words or not, so it'll be <laughs> alright, we'll get away with it. But he's not afraid to tell his daughter he loves her. Don't forget that advert. Have you got anyone else you want to chuck in the mix? I had a couple of ideas. I know um, I know exactly what guys Zahar would be. He'd be a guy who turned up with a group who was significantly uglier than him. <laughs> so therefore he stands out. You don't know how well he'd convert, but it'd be good to watch while he was doing it. I've I've got Mitrovic just and he is just going to clean out the rest of the bar <laughs> just on the bases last man standing he's going to get that way if you remember that spell when he was at Newcastle where I don't think he he put a tackle in that wasn't like I was going to say foul just yeah, disgraceful was, the only thing I saw like people like complimenting on was that he's aggressive was like, as a striker I do want to see like has he got what technical ability of finisher everyone was like look he's really aggressive he's great and then like, he does go a bit far sometimes just to settle it at the end we've got Mitrovic and Glenn Murray challenging in the air for a dead ball well, that's <laughs> deciding who's going to get this bird at the end of the day I've got some more basic ones. So uh, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek appeared to be the heartthrob of the World Cup. Might get himself in the door simply by that. Yep. Um, Ilkay Gundogan, that City squad, you're seeing the rise there. You're waiting to get involved. Gundogan, slick-looking German bloke. He He's not Jesus, he's not Aguero. But you can you can notch yourself in there. You can have a nice little happy life. A squad player can often fly under the radar as well. The first teamers are off doing their thing. You can slide in. doesn't really matter if you... Gone like have a few too many. Try your luck. No one's really thinking about what you're up to. One <laughs> that came straight to my mind when we saw it was uh Jorginho would be um like <laughs> it'd be that guy who just um was constantly kissing a girl all night and never went anywhere with it. <laughs> it's it's like his record for passes. He'd be setting a record for the amount of times kissing a girl on the dance floor. <laughs> Are you going to take her home? And he's no, he's not doing anything with it. He's just staying there. He has that in his bio. In his bio, he's like, not that type of guy. <laughs> Has the chance to shoot and he won't take it. <laughs> I think that's it on my list. I do think, I'm going with Ramsey. If I have to go with anyone, I'll hold my bias. I wouldn't be too angry if Glenn Murray was given the nod here. If he could sneak in. He's got that retirement fund to sit back on as well. I think he's earned it. I wish he. I wish we gave like we'll get on to the England squad next. But I wish we did just give some rogue call ups to people like Glenn Murray. We had Grant Holt in at one point, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> who's who's your who's your final pick before we move on? Yeah, I gotta go with Glenn. Uh, just he's good all round. This, like I said, we don't know enough about this girl that I think Glenn's the man for all seasons. No matter what bird you brought in, he'd have something for her. She's taking that Ramsey money, then settling down with Glenn Murray. Sorry, Ramsey, you're getting cheated on with Glenn. <laughs> Giroud on the side. <laughs> All right then, so on to some on to some football. We've had half an hour talking nonsense. So we've got England against Montenegro in about 20 minutes' time. And the big question I think now, as these friendlies and Euro qualifiers go on, is how many changes do we think there'll be between last summer's World Cup squad and this summer's Nation League's final squad? So I've got the squad for the World Cup here, and if we run through, and essentially we'll say whether we think they're going to be in or out, and then at the end we'll kind of pick the replacements for Hmm. each of these. So if we start off, Jordan Pickford. I think he's probably going to be there, isn't he? Through lack of choice of someone else. You'd be very surprised if he wasn't, because we think there's only three keepers in the squad. Okay, we're doing squad as a whole, not just necessarily to start with it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a Benny. Yeah. Um, Although, 
this season's form carries on, <laughs> you might we might have a Paul Robinson around where he just shits out so badly that he's got to go, or Rob Green. Well, the thing was we've got we've, we've got a couple of half decent keepers now. Those keepers all benefited from everyone around them being just as bad as they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kyle Walker is going to be in, despite what we've uh, brought to light on this podcast. Danny Rose, I think he's going to be out. Out of the squad. Yeah. So you're thinking Chilwell and Shaw? We'll get onto the replacements after. Okay, but, uh, all right. But yeah, I, I, I think there's. I think there's several players in here that were in on account of the fact that there was no one else that they could take yeah. in. And I think. Well, when you think Rose made what? Wasn't it 10 Premier League appearances before the World Cup? So it's yeah, not. something like that. And there's even less for some of the other players, so. Yeah. If Is this to make the next major tournament? This is to make the league, squad for the, the Nation uh, League's finals. For the Nation League finals. Yeah. Okay. So that's right. June. Yeah. Got you. Eric Dyer. I think he'll make it. Not saying I agree with that, but I think he'll make it. Yeah. It's hard to see him not making a squad at all. Uh, if A couple of the next ones I think are fairly straightforward. So John Stearns, Harry Maguire, yep. all but Sirts. Jesse Lingana, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I think I'll both make it. Yep. Uh, Harry Kane, that'll be a guarantee. Sterling's a guarantee. Yep. Guess we're interested now. So, uh, Vardy, we know, is definitely going to be out. He's yeah. retired. Um, Trippier, do you think if he keeps on either not playing or not performing for Spurs, do you think Southgate's got it in the locker to drop him out? I think this will just be... Sort of just soon enough that he'll manage to get by. I think. I mean, there's obviously a player in there, so it's not like there isn't well, one existing at all. The thing is, you know, Spurs fans haven't been particularly happy with his form this season. He did. He was good at the World Cup, and if you play well for England, Southgate has shown um, as much. as He's going to give new players a chance. He does have a sense of loyalty to certain players <laughs> he's picked before, so I, I think that might be enough to carry him that far, unless his form does significantly drop any more. Uh, but after the these games in June, I think that'll be, it'll be interesting for a few players, and he's definitely one of them. So what about um, Jack Butland? And I think he's an interesting one, because I think still be, he's still being in the Championship, I think. Well, if you look at Southgate's stance on Grealish, he said, I'm not going to give him a chance he plays in the Prem. And the same looks like it was the same with Sessegnon. Obviously, he hasn't set the Premier light, yeah. so he hasn't picked him. But when he was in the Championship doing bits, he didn't pick him then. Yeah, I don't think Butland is going to be in the next, um, in the Nations League final squad. Mm. If he was like lighting up the Championship, then you can maybe see it, but... Hard for a keeper, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll come on to the replacements. Yeah. I, I think it seems likely he could be absent. I think there's enough out there that, that can replace him, even with three keepers. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, next, so Danny Welbeck is going to be out. He's uh, he's injured and yep. account of the lack of games and some of the emerging talent. We know Gary Cale's definitely going to be out. Phil Jones, I think he's going to be out because I think yeah. we have a lot of competition for centre-back. Centre-back is probably the most stacked position that we have, weirdly. It's when you look at the amount of legit options, yeah. Hmm. Provided everyone's fully fit. Yeah, and I think we don't really need that utility option now with you've got Kyle Walker that can play in more than one position. You've got several players that can play in more than one position across the bat line. 
especially when you, the utility option isn't that great. Yeah, isn't kind of not that great in each position. Isn't the same as a, a sort of six, seven out of ten in every position. So my opinion here is the same then for Fabian Delph, and I don't think he's going to be in there. I think he's playing less and less for City. Yeah, I don't know how he has it in him to be able to pull out of an England squad. That is bold. Yeah, you need a game apart from anything. Yeah, and sort of a foot in the door in the England camp is you're going to need it because like you said you're not going to get a lot of time at City if anything and I, I don't really agree with it in principle but get yourself there and say you can't play on the day if you need to but you being there you not being there is essentially just opening up the space for someone else to get in and have a game yeah and probably do a job in your, in your even place. if it's 20 minutes and against some of these teams we're playing against you can look good even in a little cameo yeah that's I think he's, yeah, I think he's probably going to be dropped if, unless, for whatever reason, he ends up getting more games of City to now the end of the season, which I don't see. Um, then you have Ashley Young, who I personally think will be out. I don't think he'll be there. No, I don't think he'll play. I think I'll look to the future a bit more. Yeah, we've got a couple then. So Rashford and Deli Ali, you'd imagine, will both be in the squad. Is Ali fit? He should be fit by June. But it's yeah, it's caught on my finger to how many games he's gonna get in. Well, it seems like with him, but but even if he's not fully fit, then he's still. It kind of happened in the World Cup, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Ruben Loftus Cheek. I think he could be a casualty unless. Well, I think his teammate Barkley gets in ahead of him at the minute, which you you wouldn't have said this time last no. year. But <laughs> the way this season's gone, that's Sarri's played him a lot more. Yep, and then we got two more from the squad in the summer. So Trent, you'd imagine, will be in. Yep. And uh, Nick Pope, you also imagine, will be in. Wow, he's not really playing for Burton. Uh, Burnley, sorry, Burnley. I, was, I got between yeah. caught between saying Burnley and Heaton. <laughs> Heaton's, providing he's available for section, which I'm pretty sure he is. He seems a more logical choice at me. He's yeah. playing well for Burnley. You think if we're not going to have um, this submission circuit, you think if we're not going to have um, Butland in there as well, though, so that's someone else that's been wiped out of that mix. So, yeah, true. But then, well, we get yeah. we'll get into the replacements now. So I've got kind of a list of the people who have played in the meantime, the people who uh, looking like they could get in the squad in the meantime, and so on from there. So uh, the first one, and I think this can go when you look at uh, the right back situation, being that. You got Trent and Walker, but Walker was being played uh, more as a fullback, and then Trippier whether he's going to be in or out. So Wan Bissaka, if he keeps performing how he has been, then I, you can't possibly keep him out. I can't believe he has another call up. To be honest, I am quite surprised. Um, particularly as, and I don't know how serious uh, it is, but he could potentially play for Congo as well. Yeah. Bearing in mind with. Just seen with Declan Rice, the, the dangers of... Well, a story... does have dual nationality, can opt to play for... for a the story came out recently where they said that essentially, like, his family was saying this could be, like, the final straw. Like, if he's not up soon, then he's going to... And he's, he's in a team with Zaha, who had a similar situation where I'm sure they're having a conversation yeah. where he says, look, if they don't beat you for long enough, then even I think Zaha regrets that a little bit now. Yeah, I'm but sure he does. Different, isn't it? Didn't have Southgate in charge. No, I didn't see a way in. Um, James Madison. Could do. He's Painting one. Called. I look at. Uh, <laughs> I look at that uh, Loftus Cheek space. Yeah. And I think 
just going through some replacements there, you could have any number of, you could have Madison in there, you could have um, James Ward-Prowse in there, you could have Barkley in there, you could have any number of central midfielders between now and the end of the season. I think on the first half of the season, Madison, I think, would have to be. He was very good. Uh, I think he's kind of shown the signs that maybe... Well, he's been taken off in a lot of games, hasn't he? Which well, maybe you think that, I don't know, the, the physical side of the game is maybe he needs to kind of get to speed with doesn't the help with their manager situation as well. Because True. he came into the season, if you remember, the whole way he started off so well was his combination with Jamie Vardy. Yeah. And then Puel decided he wasn't really a fan of Jamie Vardy. Yeah. And then Vardy came back into the team and Madison's form picked up and then... So on, I so on. I think he should benefit from Rodgers, to be fair. Absolutely. He should be his type of player. Um... I think these games might fall a bit soon for him, but I think um, summer after, when you look at the Euros, I think he can have a good season with Leicester. I think he'd be, he'd be a shoe in to be in there. So you've got uh, Jaden Sancho, who looks currently to be a cert. I mean, he's one of the hottest players in Europe. Mm. He's been performing in an England shirt. And I didn't really think about it until someone pointed out that I, we haven't had a proper right winger. In, in so long. It's been a left winger being played at right mid. The close we've had was uh, Theo, who, as much as he played well for England, was always vying to be that centre-forward space. Yeah, he was in a strange one, wasn't he? Where he did he did have some good games for England, but it was, like you said, it was kind of... He was a right winger that wanted to be inside a bit more. And, and then you had, before that, you had other players like Wright Phillips or Lennon, who were kind of notoriously pace merchants but, but yeah, not that was else. that was the thing with Theo like he wasn't really the beater man type he was the you play it in behind and he was and quick enough to get past yeah. he had a few weird games where if you remember the Chelsea game the 5-4 or 4-3 whatever it was yeah. where he tripped over and then he did the weird like swiggle and knocked it between the pair of them and banged it in the corner yeah. that f- his finishing across goal was like superb and against Liverpool in the Champions League obviously that oh, I don't know where that came from. I said it before, it was a strange one because sometimes he'd go in on goal and you'd look at him, sort of thinking like he's a great finisher. There's no way he was going to miss. And other times, you couldn't call him a natural goal scorer because he just he was he, actually he, was, he just almost didn't like know what he wanted to do with it. He was actually the opposite. So we say about a lot of players how they're better when it's off instinct. And he was actually better when he had the time to think about it. Hmm. Like he was better if he had the space to run through on goal. Rather than if you square across the box to him, I did always think he was he was kind of too quick for his own good. In terms of like, if you're gonna run that quick, it is hard to sort of still manage it. Even people like Messi and Ronaldo, they they're obviously freakish anyway, but they're quick and dribbling with the ball. But they're not gonna go well, through the hundred meters like Walcott probably would. Well, he had the way people go in extremes where just because he didn't live up to the mental potential that he was tipped for, people then seemed to go the complete other way and just called him garbage within a couple of years. Now, at the end of his career he at Arsenal, he was terrible. Yeah. Was there a Scotland flag in a Montenegro bunch? <laughs> <laughs> but in, in between that... They look a scary bunch. Yeah, in between that, he was a decent player. Yeah, he- he does seem to become quite an example of uh, when people say someone didn't fulfil their potential, which yeah. he still had a very good career. Yeah. It wasn't like... He scored over 100 goals for Arsenal. Yeah. Uh... Have you seen, by the way, this? I, I mentioned earlier that they were testing whether the English fans were trying to get in the home end. 
they had security guards there that were going to test anyone that looked English on whether they could speak. Well, I don't know, Montenegro, if they, if they could speak their language, essentially. Yeah. To then whether decide whether they could get in. <laughs> That's a fair test. So no I, don't think any, I don't think any English guys <laughs> just got some Montenegro off the cuff. Right, who else have we got? So, Callum Hudson and Doyle. Now, I, I think unless he just completely balls out in an England shirt, which is going to be hard to do, I don't think you can put him in purely for the fact there's so many other players that are playing regularly and well. Yeah, he, he's either going to have to do something probably crazy today <laughs> or or Chelsea give him more of a run than they have. So I, I saw a stat earlier, and this was accurate as of um, October last year, so it'll be similar now. And they were saying that there's always the argument that England don't give enough uh, games or enough chances to players who play outside the top six. It's less than 20% of English players in the Premier League haven't represented England at some level. Really? Yeah. Oh. So that does include, I think it was anything from under-17s upwards. Yeah, yeah. But, but still. still there was that kind of... And that, it shot me, and they had all the figures with the amount of players, but I've not memorised that. But, yeah, it was a lot more than you think it was. It's hmm. just then how many go through. Like, trying to think who it would be. I mean, Joe Hart was with the under-21s for ages, and you get some players who do just... I think Bertrand had it where he played with the under twenty ones for ages. They kept that, calling Defoe back, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I remember that um that under twenty ones tournament. I think it was they a year on, or two. Yeah, it was like eleven yeah. ten to Holland on penalties, wasn't yeah. it? But they had like Tom Huddleston playing and he was like twenty three or something. And they, yeah. they just kind of milked it for all it was worth, I think, there. That was them that they tried um having Tom Ince play for them, didn't they? And he he refused because he said that he was gonna play for the full team. On yeah. one of the tournaments where they were gonna call him back as the older player. And he said no. It wasn't there. There was another player. Was it? it might have been even Bentley. But someone refused to yeah. play for him. Said they needed a rest that summer. Or something. Yeah. And it was kind of like a, oh, you've turned down a chance to represent your country because yeah. you need a rest. It, it is. Uh, it is crazy how some of these uh, things go. I mean, that will get us onto our next topic. That we'll get there. Just how much it does mean to play uh, for your country. But so outside of Hudson Odoi, then Declan Rice, I think he'll be one that is going to be there come the, the Nations League. I mean, he's starting tonight and you look at uh, the players that... So you've got spaces opened up from Vardy, Welbeck, Cahill, guaranteed. And you think Declan Rice, I think he'll be in, in the Phil Jones space. Well, that that is it, isn't it? The fact that you can you can play holder mid, but ultimately you could play centre-back if needed is... And he should do a better job in either position than Dyer does, for example. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he'll he'll benefit from the opposite of what we said, where we say like Hudson Adoy might struggle because there's depth. That I think Holden Mid is an area where even during the World Cup you probably thought. Well, actually, Hendo was good during the World Cup, but yeah, he was. It was cool. Like if he was out, you had yeah. Dyer coming <laughs> in who who didn't play well, regardless of what people say. Um, and I think Rice at his age. And people are right in terms of he does seem to, as well as being quite good physically for his age, he's good in terms of getting on the ball and looking forward straight away, which Hendo can do a bit more than people think, but can be a bit of a right-angle ray as well. My favourite thing that I've seen with um, Declan Rice is... I, in a yeah, I like it when a player gets called up and 
they act like a kid getting called up. I don't like it when a kid gets called up and then they kind of play it down like, oh, it's just a great step in my career in this. Like People who look like genuinely like happy when they're being around all these players for the first time, when they were making their first cap. And you actually see it more with the older players making their appearances than the younger ones. The younger ones, it seems like, it doesn't really... Well, maybe if you've been going through... Obviously, Rice hasn't been, but uh, if you're going out for the age groups, maybe you just think it's an extra natural sort of step. But yeah, it's nice for a kid who grew up seeing who are at the Ra yeah. to uh, <laughs> play for England. That's quite a turn of events for him. Did you see they asked him on uh, Friday? So what was it like? What what was the, what was your first thought coming out here to warm up at Wembley? He was like, well, I thought we, we beat Spurs here last year. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of uh, who are at the Ra is like quite a... Uh, Quite a feature last week or so. Apparently, they did a bit about that on Partridge as well. About <laughs> oh, Troy told me about but, this. But um, yeah, see, uh, Mick Conlon came out to that. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is Madison Square Garden. Obviously, the Americans maybe don't fully realise the implications of what they're playing. But, but yeah, he's played. He's come out to uh, yeah, someone of Wolf turns who are quite pro-Irish, anti-British, and. Uh, he had like, literally people in the crowd shouting, who are up the right. <laughs> I was like, I don't think the Americans realise this really isn't the dumb thing. Yeah, that same weekend, though, uh, on a Frank show, they came out to Michael Jackson in light of the current events, so <laughs> there clearly wasn't much thinking going on. So we said about the centre-back spaces being open. You've got Gary Cahill's space, you've got likely Phil Jones' space, and so on. Then you have a collection of, like Declan Rice, as we said, you've got Michael Keane, you've got James Tarkovsky, you've got... Um, Lewis Dunk, who could get in there. If he wasn't injured, I think Joe Gomez would be assuming, wouldn't he? Yeah. But I don't know how, I, he's not on my list, I don't know how he's not on. <laughs> well, he's been injured for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, unless he gets a run of games before the end of the season, he probably won't make it, which is a shame. If you had three at the back, I think Gomez, Maguire and Stones is a nice... He might actually three. get in on the basis of his versatility. Um, yeah, again, can also, well, he's played in all three yeah. defensive positions, actually, for Liverpool. But, yeah, I think... Provided you can get him fit, he's a great option to have. All right, elsewhere then you have... Uh, so in terms of keepers, you have uh, Joe Hart, you have Heaton, as you said, you've got Angus Gunn, who hasn't played for England yet, and uh, McLeish has come out again and said, look, we're in touch with his dad almost every week to say he's got some Scottish nationality in him. <laughs> you've called him lo- Angus, he must be yeah, Scottish. Get we'd love to, to have him as our number one. He needs to make his mind up. Yeah. He's just waiting to see how much worse Pickford can get, isn't he? He's biding his time. This is one of the things with knowing your nationality. So, if you are Scottish through and through, I imagine there there is nothing like there's no prouder moment than going out on the pitch, no matter who you're playing, and putting the uh, Scottish shirt on. Depends if you're getting dipped by three yeah. 0 by Kazakhstan. I guess well, probably not proud of that. This point. is so. If you're if you're not fully identifying your Scottish roots and you are doing it just to get in a team, then can you really pump yourself up to go and play in a team you don't really um, feel yourself a part of, you don't really identify as Scottish, then could you really motivate yourself to go and play as a Scottish keeper, which isn't a particularly thumb position, I'm sure. Every international <laughs> break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah if, you, if you're not all in on it, I can see why would you then go away even people that were fully that gigs, for example, yeah. Wales, he was as Welsh as you, yeah. as you can be, because <laughs> there was never that thing. It was always that myth that he could play for England. Suppose he yeah. was like never actually accurate. So he was only ever going to play for Wales and 
he doesn't exactly seem too infused by some of those uh, international breaks. Well, up till today, there was a part of me that thought Nathan Ake was English, and I was really confused when I deep down knew there was something that he wasn't English, and then <laughs> once he was Dutch, and thought, Jesus. The thing with Declan Rice, I wanted to get onto that actually. So, can you imagine if anything you said when you were 15 years old could then be taken and printed to the national press? Oh, God. Six years later. Jesus. Is there anyone that hasn't said something stupid when they were 15? In fact, the things that Declan Rice has said are quite tame in comparison to what I'm sure half of the people even reporting the story have said when they were 15. Oh, God, yeah. And particularly of our sort of generation where you can dig up old tweets or whatever, you could you could get dirt on everyone, couldn't you? It's just one of those things. Uh, I kind of... I saw it as a bit of a nothing story, yeah. to be fair. Kind of as much as joking around about him saying, oh, I didn't, didn't really think anything of it. No. Same with any of those. Pretty much any of those. I mean, within reason, I guess if you... Yeah. If you did a string of like, <laughs> tweets, you might think, hang on, this guy, even at 15... Well, it's, uh, a, little, a little bit like... Uh, what's the face of one after Joe Isis? He was, well, yeah. you were... F- I know you were 15, but <laughs> there's a time when decision-making goes sort of beyond the line. Well, Abdurai has said so frequently on Facebook, Twitter, and God knows, like, I'm completely numb to it. Like, it well, it's a little bit like the word nonce, isn't it? Yeah. If you say that, this, you're not really calling someone a peer. It just like, seems to be used so casually. You hear it, and it just like means nothing to me. You don't even bat an eyelid at it. And so I imagine he wasn't tweeting his support of the IRA. <laughs> he probably... Like like most people of that age think, oh, you know, I've got a bit of Irish in me, and then it gives me free reign to go on and say that. And he probably had it said to him at school once he said that he was Irish as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Elsewhere, then we have um, so Ben Chilwell. You'd think he's going to be nailed in for the next. You'd squad. think, wouldn't you? you? You'd hope so, anyway. Um, Luke Shaw. So we talk. We spoke about Delph being out of the squad. We spoke about um, Ashley Young being out of the squad. That could potentially be Ben Chilwell and Luke Shaw coming through because in a United defence, which has been garbage for most of the season, Shaw has probably been the standout player of the lot. Yeah, I've... him and Lindelof, and they're the two that have come under the most criticism. Yeah, yeah, I think I've been impressed with Shaw this season predominantly. I think he's he has been good, uh, and I think he could be the best long term option. I think in terms of I think. Chilwell's good defensively. I don't know how much quality he's got going forward. I think Shaw, if when you get him on his game, is re- really good for the option for this sort of the modern day fullback. I just, what? I just wonder whether Southgate might stick with Rose, just in terms of he what? knows what he's got there. Well, you've even got Bertrand who you could have. I'd pick Bertrand over Rose as well. <laughs> Bertrand over Rose yeah. as well. The thing I would say with Luke Shaw is, I can confirm neither of us know him personally. So, but so, <laughs> yeah. doubt. so just from our perception of him, you wouldn't look at him and say he's the type that you give like stern, tough love to. You would definitely say he's the type you put your arm, arm around, around the shoulder, yeah, and say, and obviously everyone's different. I'm, I would say that's what most of the what most of what the team are like. I would say previously the players that you would say Harry Kane I would say is someone that you can give the tough love to I would say Vardy I would say Deli Ali. it's quite clear the the difference in the players who need that and who don't I don't know how what kind of manager would ever see him as the type 
that you think abusing him is essentially going to get you to get the best out of him. No, he just some players just seem to be like attracted from manager to see oh, you're going to be the one I'm going to bully, and <laughs> he just seems to be it. Did you see the clip earlier this week of um, in during March Madness with the the coach shouting at the player? Have you seen this? Uh, don't think so. So it was um, Izzo, I believe, and he's proper like got a clenched fist and he pushes him in the chest. And he's screaming at him, and it caused a bit of debate in America. The coach did. Yeah, yeah. With some saying, "Look, this is coaching. You don't achieve greatness unless you have this." And the other was, "No, in this day and age, like this isn't what you need. You, you can you can shout at someone, you can spur them on without putting your hands on them, clenching your fist." I don't have a huge problem with it, but I can see why. I only say in terms of what you think goes on in a changing room. Well, this is what he said. It's just whether he should have done it in a public So, so they So they said to him after, like, this obviously didn't look great. You went on and you you, you played well afterwards. What did you say? And he was like, uh, that's nothing compared to what I've had in practice. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Again, that's the line, isn't it? It's, it? The line where it becomes sort of like physical or bullying. Or they whatever. were talking about undisputed, and they were saying that he is um, like renowned for this kind of roughhousing um, coaching. And they say, in the same way that some parents would like send their kids to boot camp, they literally send them to his school to like straighten them out and like straighten out their kids, make a man of them, and that kind of thing. Because they say once you've once you've played there, then you're not. You're gonna be. A, you're gonna be a different person when and you come at the end of it. With any sort of yeah. coach or whatever. Yeah, just uh, it was up for debate. I'm sure it's better than it was down the years. But they were saying, at what point do you have to evolve? In I find it strange how uh, many managers don't seem to be able to read sort of read the room, read their players, in terms of, and know who to sort of give the tough love to, who to be a bit warmer to. What happened? It happened managers with... don't seem to always be able to tell, or. or can't adapt and can't change. It happened with uh, P. Diddy, do you remember, where he went and the coach was roughing up his son and he stormed in there and tried to put hands on the coach himself. He was like, nobody's going to put their hands on my son. Yeah. Except me. He's like, you've got no right to do that. You can shout at him all you want, but and it's happened several times. Mm. All right, who else have we got then? So, Ross Barkley we've mentioned. You'd imagine there's going to be a space for him, Ward Prowse, someone of that nature. Um, Callum Wilson, yeah, strange. The talk of him does seem to die down a little bit. I think he'll be in the squad purely because, I well, it depends how many left wings you bring because you'll get that Welbeck slot. Yeah, and I don't think you rely on Rashford as your centre forward outside of Kane. I think if you're bringing Kane in the other system, then your system is for a goal scorer. It's not for someone to be pressing down the line and charging. So I think you can ask Callum Wilson to do the Kane role far more than you can ask Rashford to do it. Yeah, probably fair. I would rely on Wilson more than Rashford. Rashford's been in good form, but if I need someone to get a goal, I'm going to Callum Wilson quicker than I'm going to Rashford. There is also that, again, with Rashford, the, the, the versatility option in terms of he has yeah. been kind of all, all across the front three positions where Wilson's a bit more out and out, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then we had two uh, rogue ones who names always seem to be in there despite never getting picked with uh, Troy Deeney and Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin who struggles to get a game himself but he's always still up there. If you want a different option. If Al- if Alex was here he would be saying we do need a plan B. Yeah. Always... <laughs> Problem with England is plan B is reverted to pretty quickly when things go wrong it's right lumping up there. Well, looking at I how... Gareth didn't do that during the World Cup tells you something. Looking at how... Uh... 
Alex has spoken about lining his Spurs teams up before. He would have the first eleven on the bench just so we can bring him on. When his, <laughs> when when going shit. Keep Kane on the bench. He he wouldn't have a son playing in his international team either. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last one was uh, Damari Gray, another one who was called up for the first uh, squad of the year. Seems to have improved his form since then. I was going to say, yeah. But, has got, but has got, got no better. mention, and he can play on the right as well as playing up top. It's a strange one to Mike Gray. Whenever I watch him, I think there's a, a really good player there. You're all lively, you're always a threat. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to quite... Well, do, you not think he's, do you not think he's done more than Hudson-Odoi has to be called up? Yeah, it's, you're calling him up on him being a kid and getting linked with Bayern, aren't you? That's, that's kind of the strength of it. Yeah, because I, this isn't even like to come off the wrong way. Is there any dual nationality that Hudson-Odoi has in a case where they're putting him in now just to kind of get this over with? Because I've not seen anything to do with that. No, no, I haven't. Uh, so it's not like there was a rush to put him in there. And it's... No, I think it is partly the the Bayern thing, sort of thinking... It's always been a strange sort of eye-opener for people, hasn't it? It's sort of, oh, we've got a really good player on the run. So it has seemed to be for Chelsea and for England. Uh, Callum Chambers on England call-up after three Arsenal games. Yeah. <laughs> and Walker had one with none. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's not, you know... as. A, it's not as outrageous as Walcott going to the World Cup, is it? For example, <laughs> him getting in this squad. Um, and he has had a run in Europa League. So it's not like he's not getting any games. But We did never get a proper explanation for Walcott going there. There either. was literally... There wasn't. Like, Sven <laughs> never really kind of came up... For Defoe as well. That is... That's well, outrageous. D- Defoe and Darren Bent both had like some of their best goal-scoring years and got dropped for a kid who obviously hadn't played <laughs> and ended up playing most of his career right wing anyway, not up front. Bearing in mind, we also had obviously half fit Rooney and Owen at the time. Yeah. And the other thing, as Sven never played Walcott in no. the cup and also said that. He was good time around the team. <laughs> yeah, he was never. He said like he wasn't going to. It was too much pressure on the boys. Like, well, why would you put him in in the first place? <laughs> um, so, if we were to say, so if we talk about spaces that we freed up. Oh, so... that's lovely from Sterling. Oh, so, spaces we freed up. So, we had. So I had Danny Rose going out on the basis that I think Chilwell will come in, but if we say, so I'd have, I'd have him in, and you, I'd have him out. You think you, I think you would have him out, but think he'll stay. I in. think he'll yeah. keep him. Yeah. Um. Then we had Vardy. So you think his slot is going to be replaced with? Well, Sancho's a guarantee to be in there. We see. Yeah. Declan Rice is a guarantee to be in there. We it looks like. Yeah. Um. Cahill's out. Welbeck's out. Delph Young, so you're probably going to say Chilwell, Sancho, Rice, Callum Wilson, yeah, and then a midfielder. Yeah. So I don't think he wants to break apart the whole squad, but I think some players are going to do either so much that you can't miss them out, or it's just going to be, look, these guys were in there for their rotation options, this is now a better rotation option. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Because I get, I get having someone like Delphin for his leadership qualities, but there's a point where you have to then weigh out. We do also want someone on the pitch as well as in the changing room. Let's face it, someone like that is getting in, providing you don't have vastly superior options. I will say from that city documentary, he didn't, he, he didn't seem to be too good when things are going well. He just seemed when it was going well, when it was going badly, he just chucked the blame out to everyone else and then let people fight among themselves. <laughs> That's great leadership. Just start blaming everyone and see if they can sort out amongst themselves. All right. So if we carry on with football, then before we move on, and 
I saw the question posed on Twitter. It may be shot down instantly if we just talk it over. Oh, God. Um, so that was, should domestic football continue over the international break and in, and by doing so, encourage teams to invest in their youth? I actually do think that is a very good idea. But it will never happen. No. <laughs> so um, the, the, one of the comments in the thread said that uh, they do this in Brazil. And they say, if you look at on the one hand, the quality is different, so you would say maybe they're not going to miss the players as much. They have less players going, and they say it still disrupts everything massively. Yeah. So they decided not to move things, and they actually had their cup semi-final last year, oh, and um, there were six players missing. They said it was just the worst advert you could have possibly had for the game because it was just of such a low quality when you take the most important players of the team out. Mm. So the argument is that in England, you've got a higher quality league, but the the amount these players have played, I think you'd see a lot more early retirements. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the problem is the comparisons will be made with rugby, where internationals obviously happen in club rugby carries on, but predominantly in the the Premiership in rugby, it's English based teams. There's only so many players going to go in the English squads, so therefore, yeah, the, the sort of the teams that are going to be on the pitch aren't too detrimentally affected, whereas you know, take any squad, Liverpool, Arsenal, whatever. Yeah. Almost everyone's going to have an international club of some sort. You're going to be left with some first team is still about, and and then you've got the other issue of things like the cup competitions. Yeah. Does it fit them? You've got people who have bought tickets for something, and then they're going to end up having an inferior sort of team on the pitch. Are they going to want to? Are you going to have to pay less for the yeah. ticket? A plus side would be you couldn't fake an injury to get out of an international game because you'd have to play that weekend. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I I do think because the other thing with players as well, aren't we saying about how many games they've got and they may yeah. need to cut them down. Where if you have to miss a Premier League game to go play international, you're not having international games on top of your club games. So no. that is a way around that. But yeah, the Premier League will never allow that to happen, would they? No. And not again for the product. It doesn't look good. The Premier League is essentially becoming where we're trying to collect all the best players in the world. So even then the youth players you're bringing in to replace them would probably then also be eventually called up and it would just be an endless cycle. Yeah, yeah. As well, most Premier League top, most Premier League top six squads have all of their starting 11 go, don't they? <laughs> It'd be good though, wouldn't it? Then the top six would be severely weakened compared to the rest of the league. Yeah. They'd probably get battered by some of these yeah. lower teams. <laughs> all right then, a couple more sporting things before we have a bit of a part two. Um... So, okay, so we got Gaethje and Barboza facing off this weekend. One of those fights where they say, look, this can't be anything but exciting. <laughs> this is never going five rounds. Thanks. And rather than doing what has lipped up to the hype the most, I thought if we just chucked a couple out there of examples of when we've had this kind of thing said and it's done quite the opposite and we've had an anticlimax. Um, an example for me would be the Cavs-Warriors finals last year. Oh god! After we had the hype of it the year before, we had the start of the first game where it seemed like the Cavs were maybe going to be able to get one under their belt, and then from Chaos there, had different <laughs> yeah. plans. and then from there, it really was just a pummeling every single game. Yeah, horrible to watch. One sided, no real competition. Yeah, just didn't live up at all. No. Um, you had so Super Bowl Fifty stood out for me when. You had Peyton Manning struggling to throw a ball five yards. 
Yep, one nil. Oh Jesus! <laughs> nice finish as well. You had um, Cam Newton who sulked his way through the final three quarters of the game after he didn't go his way to start off. <laughs> And it was just really poor. It was just a poor quality game to watch. Yeah, one-sided, but still poor quality, wasn't it? So, it was, yeah, you didn't really get the best of either world. Um, I'm not a rugby fan, but when I was looking, so I remember actually tuning in for this. And if you remember the um, Lions series that ended in a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just an anti-climax low. Wow. <laughs> I remember just hearing that there was no provisions in place for what if it was a draw, that you just don't settle it, you just, all right, we'll sign this a draw. I think in Rugby Union, England at the World Cup, anti-climax ended up going out of the group. <laughs> yeah. Group, but they cut all the build-up and then all. I had most England national tour- most English national tournaments in my, <laughs> so one of my... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say pretty much any... England tournament under Sven was an anti-climax because <laughs> the country literally did get excited, convincing this golden generation was going to do the business yeah. and never came close. And then the final one I had to check out there was um, the most close comparison to what we've heard before this fight, and that was uh, Derek Lewis in France and Garnu. Oh, Jesus. The biggest anti-climax in the awful, history of anti-climaxes. I... I had a couple of in similar to Gaethje Barbosa where I thought with both of these they I feel harsh saying they were an anti climax, but it didn't live up to what we had hoped before. And that was the first one was and from the articles I've read it seems to be a bit of revisionist history going on. I didn't remember quite like this, but um Matisse Provodnikov, I didn't think no. was was called the guaranteed bloodbath that we No, so that, supposed to be, wasn't it? What you've said there, so I remember watching it and thinking this wasn't great. It wasn't really bad. And then I remember reading the next day that it was a fight of the year. And yeah. I was thinking, maybe and I just was sleepy while yeah, I was watching. because they were saying that all the, the judges had their work out, but Matisse just about deserved it. And I was thinking, it showed exactly to me, like Matisse just had a bit of skill rather than just a brawler. And Provodnikov just didn't move his head at all. So Yeah, he went on to lose to John Molina after that. Yeah. Um, so there's that one. And then even... and. It's going to sound bad because I remember, again, this is one that got hyped us afterwards as well, that it, it had lived up to the expectation, but I really didn't think it did. It was um, Santa Cruz and Mara, it's the first one. That that was a classic case of if you isolated it and watched about 10 seconds and you were told that it was going to be like that for 12 rounds, you'd think, oh, that'd be great, but it was 12 rounds of the same round with yeah. no one in trouble. <laughs> yeah. A little bit when um when people called for Froch Kessler free. I was like, <laughs> Well the the thing with that is we both we know how it goes this. It's great to watch in terms of two looks slugging out, but you know they aren't gonna knock each other out. They're just gonna knock seven bells out of each other, which is entertaining, but you know what what the conclusion is gonna be. Yeah, that would have been the worst version of Kessler as well. So oh god, it yeah. Been worse. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want any more real ones to throw out. They were the ones that uh jumped to my head I think if you put a poll up a lot of people would say uh, Pacquiao Mayweather it it kind of became the but the thing is people like us kind of thought it would go like that but plenty of people obviously it's been the event everyone's waited for so that was sort of kind of has become the poster boy for any climax yeah I saw some people say like Mayweather McGregor was also if anything the fight was probably marginally better than yeah Yeah. if anything so 
Alright, and um, just finally then, before we move on, so we've announced this weekend that Tyson Fury will be facing Tom Schwartz in his next uh, bout on June 15th, I believe it is. And just a simple question, who is to blame for the state of the heavyweight division currently? They all are, but if you want a, a single name, it's the most blame, Fury. I've got him at the centre of it. Like, uh, I'll admit to being somewhat of a fanboy. I would say, essentially, I can hold everyone to blame except Wilder himself, because I do think he has so many people around him that he probably does think that there's no other other way around it. I mean, AJ has been a bit back and forth. I probably wouldn't hold him too responsible himself, because... I'm sure he does actually want the fight. I'm sure it's the people around the two yeah. of them. Yeah. Fury literally ha- had the advice for himself. He could have turned it down and had the Wilder rematch, beaten him like he thought he was going to, and then made even more money on an ESPN deal and a cent- and had a belt to add to it. That that makes no sense. His, his, his fans are still defending him for the most shameful duck in recent memory. Well, it's like you said, there's... Regardless of who you run in with, some people will defend him to the hilt regardless. And they'll say, like you said, the same sort of spiel that he's been coming out with. How do you, you call AJ and Wilder Dosses while facing Tom Schwartz? Yeah, yeah, you can't. And, and when it's on the table for you... And, uh, Literally you, mandated and Wilder called the fight on. He wanted it. And, and it hasn't even been one of those ones where, say like with Mayweather Pacquiao, it's kind of like, well, they both said the other one was ducking. So you're trying to read between smoke and mirrors. This has literally been... It's been acknowledged that Fury's been like, yeah, I didn't want it. I pulled out. And without any real reason. It wasn't like they said the nego- negotiations while they've been un- unrealistic or anything like that. He's literally just said, yeah, I pulled out of this. And You'll be annoyed it up. if you watch uh, Billy Joe Saunders' interview from today. Oh, God. He says that, look, Fury's had to put up with being the B-side against Klitschko and against Wilder. So now it's his turn. He gets to be the A-side against Tom Schwartz and then He's now in a position. He said, "He said Tyson Fury can sell out any arena in the world." We'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that to linger where it is. And he said, "Look, Fury. Sometimes he said you have to stick your middle finger up to the fans, and you have to do what's best for you." So that for most of his fucking career. Oh, yeah, it was just straight off the back of that. That means. So we had Wilder Fury to look forward to. Now we don't. Then it just exposes more that you've got Joshua Miller, which is a mismatch, but looks like the best of a bad bunch. Yeah. White can't get an opponent. Wilder's going to fight Brazil. It's, you've got. You said you just got several fights that. Are I will. I mean, nurse, I will Okay, but I won't hold Hearn blameless because I think he's somewhat to blame for making these negotiations untenable in the fact that they now have to go through a third party just because. He's become so unbearable for everyone involved yeah. that they don't want any sign of doing a deal with him. No, they they clearly strongly dislike him, which as much as he might think is funny and he can take social media about it and stuff, isn't good for a negotiation. Because... And it's not just him. If you remember Frampton Quigg, they had to cut him out of negotiations to get someone else to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, true. So it's a, it's a common denominator here. I'm sure he is good at his job. And I mean, I said it, before he said it this weekend, can you imagine if AJ had signed to fight face Tom Schwartz? There would have been outrage from there. 
There Can you imagine knowledge. how Fury and Frank Warren would have reacted if AJ was to face Thomas Rawls? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it is incredible sort of double standards. And from, from Fury's point of view as well, if you, there's two things. If you think you were robbed in that first one, then surely you think, right, I've just got to go out yeah. here. I'm desperate to go out and get this belt and beat this guy right the wrong. But also, you'd surely think, well, I know how to do it. I know what to avoid. I know how I can beat him. If it says to me, we've literally, even in her interview, he says, well, look, I can't necessarily blame him as such because he's getting easy money. He's like, What's up? well, we can criticise yeah. him for getting easy money. You can't just say, I've got a big bumper deal, I'm going to fight the bin man from down the road. Especially when you, you say that your career is not about money at all. He has said yeah. himself, it's nothing to do with money, I'll he give it all away. Yeah. <laughs> gave all his gave. He, he's so happy to give money to the homeless, but won't give any money to... Um, for his name there, uh, Peter. What's his name? Cinderella man. Peter McDonough. Peter McDonough has just had brain surgery. He has to share it. Just giving page on his Twitter to for people to donate money to. He could actually pay for the whole thing, couldn't he? I mean, I'm sure he'll make a contribution. But... I don't want to be. I don't want to be harsh there. He's asking for. He's asking for people to donate thirty grand to him. Don't come cheap. Yeah, but he's on the NHS. He's had it done. He said it's because he can't work. He, he's not going to make thirty grand in a year fighting anyway. I did see a thing of um, Fergie supposedly um, gave out the money that they. Yeah, done I saw for him. that. Yeah, but wasn't that right a fundraiser as well? No clue. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a fundraiser. Raised four hundred yeah. grand or something, yeah. which is great and brilliant. But if you're a very rich person who's benefit from the NHS, maybe you. I thought we got to put more money back in. I thought we got rid of person. him when he retired. You hear more from him now than you did then. You had Southgate <laughs> this week saying he's inspiring the younger generation. <laughs> leave it, leave him out. <laughs> See, so I think also boxing in general has itself to blame for this. The situation like this has been made so acceptable through the years that yep. it's not that outrageous when someone does it. Uh, it's boxing shooting itself in the foot, isn't it? It's, and it wasn't so long ago that. Pretty much say straight in the aftermath of Fury Wilder, everyone was saying that Box is in rude health and it's sort of symbolised perfectly by how good the heavyweight division now is and, yeah. uh, and the fights we've got to look forward to. And instead, Box is in machine against itself in the foot and says, no, you're not going to get any of these fights for, I don't know, whenever they're going to be past their prime. Hearn said what we've said several times as well in, if you put a stinker of an opponent in front of Fury, oh. he's not going to, if you put, a terrible opponent in front of Wilder and AJ, they're going to blitz through them and at least give you some to have give you a knockout to go home with, and people will talk about that. Fury really? is going to stink the place out. He was on, he was bragging about the opponent on BT Sports. Said, "Look, he's ranked number two by the WBO, <laughs> undefeated." He said, "I've always wanted up. to." He said, "I've always wanted to crack America." Was what he said. He's fighting at Thomas and Max Center. That is going to do horrific numbers. Yeah. Crack America, I'm going to fight with Wilder. Didn't do you too much harm the first time round. Last thing I'll say on this is I don't want to hear any other person ever again tell me that Fury schooled Wilder. You don't school someone and get flattened twice. It doesn't work like that. You can say that he gave him a boxing lesson because he did at times, but you still haven't schooled someone when you get sat down, it's not even a blatant robbery when you take the when you take the two knockdowns into account. Most people say they had like a round in it, so yeah. it's not it's not overly sort of robbery. Yeah, it's a schooling is what Mayweather used to do. Mayweather didn't get put in his ass, did he? No. So, yeah. Billy Joe also says that uh, 
technically Fury is defending the WBC belt because he won it off Wilder and everyone's eyes anyway. Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. He he's also, a lineal champ, didn't you know? He also said he's suing the state of Boston. What? For denying him millions of pounds with their ridiculous drugs ban ruling. Yeah, fancy not letting him fight with a drugs ban. <laughs> he said it would have been legal everywhere else, so apart from the place you're fighting, which is why you can't. Fucking hell. Can't do it. Yeah, they asked him on that boxing social. They said, uh, obviously, it's linked. Maybe that's why you split it with Dominic Ingle because you had another failure before you go with Dominic Ingle and suddenly. And he's like, no, no, no. Ridiculous, that is. He's what like, have they claimed as the reason? Um, he said he hasn't officially split with him. Um, he said he just got a bit stale being there, as much as good as it was. And he wanted to prove a point to himself that his awful performance in the Akamov fight wasn't because of Ben Davison, so he wants to do him a favour. Brilliant. Get in. Oh, get in, yes. Who is that? Michael Keane? I think so. My man. Your man. I told you. Get rid of Stones and Maguire. Keane and Tarkowski at the back. That's what you want. Your man, Lewis Dunk. <laughs> what about... Um... Lewis Cook at Bournemouth. Legend is on football manager. Alright, is that everything we've got to say before we move on? I think so. As we move on to part two then, England have just gone 2-1 up. Barkley's absolutely scumbagged Hudson Adoy there and a goal that I would be proud of if that was me. Um, yeah, it's dog eat dog world here. Barkley knows he's got he's got to fight for his place. He's got to take that. <laughs> anyway, much like we did the last time, uh, me and TK had a uh, two man pod. We've got a bout of nostalgia for you. So last time it was strictly to do a sport. This time, I've taken what is, according to the internet, the most deluxe nostalgia checklist of the nineties and two thousands, and we're gonna go through the list. Any uh, tales we have to do with them, or just. Uh, Anything to do with them, really, as we go through. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, if we start off, the first one on the list, I don't know if this personifies the 90s, but Hey Arnold was actually top of the list, which... <laughs> wow. I can't say I was I ever really watched. I think I actually watched a movie, but not actually Hey Arnold regularly. There were too many good cartoons on in that era to be spending your time watching Hey Arnold. Oh, I saw a bit of it. Hey, football head. <laughs> well, that's the... I, I, I obviously know of it, but I don't have any real memories of like going out of my way to sit down and watch. People are hey often seem to get um, Hey Arnold and Arthur confused. We've got Arthur on the list coming up, so don't you worry about that. Is it involved? What animal is Arthur? No, but my actual tale was about that. That I can rely on you to come with a trivia each each time I yep. get mentioned with Arthur. Yep. And I was saying that at the races, I swear every time Sean had a drink, he was walking around clenching his fist like Arthur the entire time we were there. <laughs> um, all right, next up was the Lion King. Now, do you remember being as emotionally traumatised by the Lion King as like half the population seems to claim they were? No, no. I remember I... it being like a sad moment, but not so much like I'll never get over this moment. <laughs> No, I'm I'm thinking I must have been a pretty cold, soulless kid or something. I feel the same with Bambi as well. Like people are that was like that was like make or break when yeah. you were a kid. No, I remember both of them. I was yeah, I was quite sad, but I don't. <laughs> I'd probably be sadder watching it now than I was as yeah. a kid, which maybe yeah. 
Maybe I was just a psycho kid. <laughs> that might uh, lead on some other things. So, uh, next one up was the Rugrats. Um, now I'm trying to think. Like, there was some like rash theory about the Rugrats, which came out like if years you, later. If which... you read Rugrats theory, now that is yeah. dark. That <laughs> that's makes you what I was about things. to say. Um, so that's what I think about it for now. Than uh, yeah, it's one of those things I can't unsee now. If I was to go back to watch is. an episode now, I wouldn't be able to look at it properly. Yeah, they say the Rugrats were a figment of Angelica's imagination. Chucky died a long time ago with his mother. That's why Chaz is a nervous wreck all the time. Tommy was a stillborn. That's why Stu is constantly in the basement making toys for the son who never had a chance to live. The Devilles had an abortion. Angelica couldn't figure whether it would be a boy or a girl, thus creating the twins. twins yeah. As for all growing up, Angelica was a bipolar schizophrenic who as a teenager became addicted to various narcotics, bringing her back to her childhood, thus creating a world in her mind that she obsessed over. <laughs> because of the time lapse between the present and the last time she interacted with her imaginary world, she made them older. Angelica was constantly taking hits of acid so she'd never have to live without her creations. <laughs> to her, her creations were only company in a judgmental world. Jeez, Angelica's mum died of a heroin overdose. Angelica was schizophrenic and bipolar because she was a crack baby. I feel like the theory just kind of like <laughs> escalated as it went on. Where has all that come from? Imagine the writers getting together and be like, look, I know people think we're doing a kids' show here, but this is what's actually going on. Well, I saw a thing on uh, Facebook the other day saying uh, Jack and Kate and Jeremy can sit home reading some like yeah. teenage birds theories. Going, you know what? She's actually pretty close. Sophie from <laughs> Kent's pretty spot on or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only regret not to be fictional was unborn Tommy's brother Dill. However, Angelica didn't know the difference between Dill and her creations, which is why he doesn't follow her commands. Jesus. What the? What is going on? I don't know where this theory's come from, but they're talking about Chucky. At like an older age now, <laughs> who lost his mind after the death of his wife, after uh, and he was in denial that she was a prostitute. Where the hell is this theory come yeah, from? Yeah, I feel like it's maybe started with roots that could have Look, been genuine. It, and then on a just trip to Paris off. to find love, Charles fell in love with a hooker named Kira. <laughs> he was originally going to marry a different hooker, but she just wanted him for his money. <laughs> Kira once had a daughter named Kimmy, but the baby was torn from her by law due to her cocaine addiction. Upon return to America, Chaz and Kira married and she got her green card. It was surprisingly happy and romantic story. Where the hell has all this come from? I'd heard the start theory before, but someone yeah. has completely spun it off. Someone's, yeah, I think someone's gone tale. wild with it. You'd absolutely watch it if they did now make that into some feature-length film. <laughs> that's got all kinds of twists and turns. How do you remember Pogs being the original trading cards? You what? Pogs. Do you remember Pogs? Pogs. Yeah, they were like little discs. And you they had like uh Star Wars ones, you had like uh comic book ones when you were kids. Oh uh, I think I know you what had, you I mean. think they did some for like Euro two thousand maybe. Have them. I remember Yeah, I remember them being the rage in primary school. Pogs. I don't know what you did with them, I just remember having a box of them. <laughs> um do you ever have a Tamagotchi? You don't strike me as a Tamagotchi type. Uh I believe my stepbrothers had one. I don't think I have one. I too much responsibility for me. You couldn't be giving me that, it would just die. <laughs> but we're not doing too well on uh, the nostalgia list. At least we know what's going on and we've cracked the code of what happened to to the Rugrats. Uh, the Simpsons. The Simpsons being like the the early family guy in South Park. That was kind of like, that was weaning you onto it. Yeah, it breaks you in a bit. <laughs> and now it's, they say that the Simpsons just predicted like everything. If you ignore 
everything else that's happened and take like a random thing for an episode of 30 years ago. The Simpsons predicted it. It is quite trippy, some of the stuff, though. There's like... If there's a video on YouTube where they're breaking down how uh, the creators are actually time travelers and this is their outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I feel if I was a time traveler, why would I would admire the fact that if you were a time traveler and rather than reveal it to everyone, you just put random little bits in your cartoon yeah, series of all the things you'd put in. Why is like Trump coming down an escalator? Why is that? <laughs> all right, um, when they made ketchup green. Briefly, yes, I do remember that. And I said this to someone, they looked at me blankly like I was. I, I wondered if maybe um, I had some sort no, of they made, like veg, I imagined they made like veg purple and different colors like that as well, supposedly yeah. to be more appealing. I don't know who thought green ketchup would be more appealing, I'll be honest. It still tasted the same, yeah, but, which well, is even more spinning in your head. What would you really look at green ketchup and go, you know what? I fancy a bit of broccoli now. Now I've seen the green ketchup, yeah. that's turned me. No, I don't, I don't think a green liquid is appealing to anyone. No, um, the days of Happy Meal toys. Oh, what a time! So I don't know if this was like a standard thing to do, but I remember not being happy with the toy you got and trying to go back up and change it. I don't know if other people did that or not. Me and my brothers definitely did. Brats. <laughs> you'd <laughs> no. say you'd say you already had that one and be like, "Do you have so and so?" Because I used to have that little like cabinet at the front showing you all the available ones. Oh, okay. Your McDonald's would be the one that had just. The repeats one every single time, just the same thing. I but. had the um, no, I just had it was a good uh, life lesson for me. I just had to face crushing disappointment <laughs> as I went off with this toy that I didn't really like. It was like a giant, despite having gone in with the best hopes of oh, I'm gonna get a great toy. Well, looking back now, the whole selling point of the Kinder Egg was that you had this toy with it, despite you getting like less chocolate than any other bar. That tastes good though, but what, yeah, but you could have got like a eight Kinder Buenos for the same like one twenty a Kinder That's egg greed. was at the time. No, I'm saying in when you weigh it up, were the toys in a Kinder Egg ever worth the joy of popping that thing open just to have a little look? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was all in on Kinder Eggs as a kid to the point where I fell down the stairs as a kid, <laughs> smashed my head against the radiator, which was for some reason at the bottom of the stairs, which looking back was an awful combination of things with a child. But I did that. that somehow didn't crack my head open. And my dad's answer to the thing was, uh, yeah, get me Kinder Egg. <laughs> That's some, not some ice or something. <laughs> get me Kinder Egg. Get me Kinder Egg. So I was, I was buzzing eat, with that. And eat more gluten. <laughs> to- toys in McDonald's and um, <laughs> toys in cereal boxes. I was buzzing. If you got a cereal, a cereal box, box toy, that would... As a kid, I couldn't work out how every time you had a bowl of cereal, you didn't get a toy. <laughs> so I was like, so why is it only sometimes? He's like, well, you need a new box. And that just didn't compute in my head. Well, like me, then, you are brothers, so you always had the debate as to who would be the one. Mm. Because we never w- were the type where it was like, oh, well, if it falls in your bowl of cereal, then you're the one who gets the toy. It was, right, the second you get that box of cereal alone, then you're digging in and seeing what toy you get out of it. Purely a case of who opened the box first. <laughs> Savage, but I think we used to have to in. try and you have to just be this, this like asking if you can sit in the front of the car, you just have to ask early doors, <laughs> like, Can I have the toy in this one? Um, and about animal bars, the most yeah. underappreciated uh bar, maybe not underappreciated at the time, but when you look back now, I don't even know what brand they were if they were branded chocolate, but nope. unbelievable. Tell you. Ar- Arthur was next, <laughs> Arthur was next on there the list. Do you go. want to give us your fact? 
yeah, most people think he's a, a bear or whatever. He's actually an aardvark. Which I I learned as well. I was as baffled as you were when I, when I first told you. The only time I've heard the word aardvark is to do with Arthur. Yeah, and then if you look at an actual picture of an aardvark, he looks nothing like... <laughs> and I've said before, the, the original drawing of him is the creepiest fucking thing, which they said, look, we're going to have to change it because kids are going to be traumatised by it. The most recent thing of him being brought back up was just the fist and then people saying he looked like John Legend. Well, if you ever doubted how what much... Exactly, yeah. It looks nothing like it, does it's it? It's more like, like a mix between like a hawk, like a pig and a kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And the... Um, if you ever wondered whether people overanalyze LeBron's posts on social media <laughs> was when he did that like mood right now yeah. thing and then the Arthur fist <laughs> and people are like oh what does this mean he's being cryptic again like, come on stop it <laughs> alright well laser tag oh god now I'll admit to being a scumbag with laser tag I was one of those cretins that was stand at the top got the stairs and just try to shoot everyone over the top competitive nature kicked in mm, I'd like to do it without doing that though yeah, you can mix it up. You could do that for a bit. But I got bored, just stood there. You were a kid. You're full of, you know, full of beans. You wanted to run around. I wasn't. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, most of the time be playing like I think playing my brothers, and then it'd be a lot of random people. So more, I would just want to win. I remember um, the, the the notorious Sam's birthday party when we were I think year seven. Looking back, we did have like, like people were just like naming themselves like Bin Laden. Yeah, and, like, well, I was. Saddam I was like we I was going like, to say that's half we like 11 it's using what you can have <laughs> on your name on the thing where it said you were killed by just so you can have that pop up and I think someone it wasn't there or whatever because someone made their name the chicken hunter and I think maybe someone was like I said was in the toilet or something their name was given because they got called chicken now well I was going to say the best would be someone shouting out who's so and so they killed me yeah they're like if you got some randomers in there with you that was always quite fun just getting uh, yeah. killed by I bet they'd be an awful, awful I bet kids would put their like gamer tags and things like that now sad times alright well that's goosebumps that was like the uh, original pathway into why people would like horror films where you're like do I like because you're getting really scared <laughs> of you the notorious one was the Night of the Living Dummy episode with uh, the uh, what's it ventriloquist uh Puppy, puppy, puppet. Yeah. Um, the book. I remember reading the books of them as well. Game Boy Color, great stuff. Where a sign of wealth was how many different Pokemon colors you had. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know if you saw. I saw a tweet yesterday, and it said, "What was the like pinnacle of wealth to you as a kid?" Yeah, so you say yeah. sports channels. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember true. having to like find a family member or someone that had like the sports yeah, channels when the game yeah, was yeah. on. Um. And like I said, I've said on air before, we used to get them for Christmas. And I remember rushing home for Arsenal Sheffield on, must have been Boxing Day or one of the days around Christmas for Arsenal to lose to a team with uh, Phil Jagielka in goal. <laughs> you start with Paddy Kenny in goal, so it wasn't much better. Paddy Kenny, FIFA Street legend. He, he was. I'm Brad Friedel. <laughs> I, wish, I wish they'd bring back FIFA Street more than anything else in the world. The original as well. Yeah. The premise for the first one was so good. I don't know why they ever changed it. They fucked it up. It's the only game around. where the graphics got worse yeah. as well. Go around, you beat the top dog in this particular place and you can have one of their players. Player. So much better. Yeah. Um all right, Britney Spears, we've spoken about her plenty oh. <laughs> plenty on here before. Um 
was the only thing balancing out our Giroud shouts is when we could talk about Britney Spears a bit. That would be the ultimate spitballing pod dream couple. Oh my god! I mean, Britney imagine the Giroud. children. The world would end. They'd actually just be too good looking. We'd have a new species on our hands. Um, Barney the dinosaur, which is one of them that's very creepy when you look yeah. back. But I'm absolutely lo- incredibly absolutely loving that uh, when I was younger, Barney. I didn't, but my stepbrother did. did was he another one that came out of being a nonce? The the guy in the bar? It sounds... Or, it sounds uh, or is it just it one of those things? A little bit like right. with the Teletubbies, everyone said Tinky Winky was a nonce. <laughs> I don't know whether he was. But no, if, if Coincidentally, you... my favourite Teletubby at the time. So Tinky Winky, yeah, I'd agree. He obviously, charmed, obviously charmed me <laughs> in. Yeah, if you'd ask my mum, uh, I was obsessed with Barney as a kid. That Barney movie. <laughs> Thriller, that was. Um, Alright, next one. Um, the, the Sims. Which was innocent when we were younger. You see clips on Twitter now. Have you seen any of the clips of people playing Sims these days? No. Like they have like like full on sleeping with each other like in front of kids and then like people properly die and they like do all kinds of things next. There's all these kind of like modifications, but it is like Jesus fully graphic these days like I was gonna say, cause it, it was always a mission to try and get them to have sex that was yeah but it was literally that called, was the immature like, thing in your in your head yeah but in like the sims now like if you look onto it it actually like happened like you actually like see it oh god that's like it's it's like too far mine's got to be drawn here people say that it's it is a game that it is now like it's like the birds video game it's like the birds fifa so that would maybe explain it, but it is absolutely. I'm trying to find a, a clip for you to see. I'm not sure I need to. Well, I've seen a clip of someone putting a look, someone's putting a baby in the barbecue on the new Sims. Oh my so word! That, that maybe tells you the way uh, the way things are going. What happened to the world? <laughs> you can't even play a nice game in the Sims. I was saying here. Herb Sims in the City was uh, was the peak where you could recruit the Black Eyed Peas. I was going to say, yeah, that was really crew. bad. Wasn't the Black Eyed Peas? A... Yeah. Fucking hell. What a strange time we grew <laughs> up in. <laughs> On PS2, that was. Um... No wonder our generation is a fucking messed up bunch. <laughs> what? We, had no, we had no hope. Because <laughs> you played with the Black Eyed Peas on... Uh... Just random things like that. Just We, we got off to a bad start. I'll try to find a picture. I'll find a few after. I'll put it on the Twitter or something. Um, Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe babies in barbecues. <laughs> do you do you remember Furbies? Yeah, I do remember Furby. That would if they had made like a new Chucky with Furbies, it would have been. Oh my god! <laughs> just as a no kid would have slept again. Freaky at the time. Um, really freaking what else have we it. got Dairy Lunchables you not liking cheese would have been an issue with that yeah right off for me I was um, Dairy Lunchables and Laughing Cow seems to be a staple of most kids diet I was I was out of it yeah Baby Bell is uh, also Baby on this Bell, list Baby Bell yeah cheese strings I like a good cheese string yeah but did taste did taste different if you just ate it without actually peeling it like a like a string like Sanya's hair <laughs> Uh, Mulan, the original, uh, yeah. the original empowered female who did have to be a bloke to get there, but that's not the message. No. Surprised of all the films being brought back, that's one that they've missed out. Well, you think if they're doing, if they're redoing Aladdin, which I still not past that picture of Will Smith as uh, the, the genie. genie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not over the one with Joey Diaz as the genie. <laughs> 
Do you remember? Imagine him coming up the ladder like, "What's up, cocksucker?" <laughs> his his Monday tweets are what uh, get you through the day. Do you remember slap bracelets? Because I don't know why they were so fun, but slap bracelets. Do you, they were like uh, I'm to, almost like a like a straight kind of uh, material, and you literally like slapped on your wrist, and it would curl round. Like that, you would if you seen bell. it, then you then you would know. But it was quite fun because it made the noise and all sorts. Pokemon we've spoken about the transition for your childhood of Backstreet Boys to Busted, and that was the comparison between the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, that is quite the transition. Who's David being the best Busted song, which uh, Goff didn't know, and that still hurts me. He still doesn't know who David is. What are mood rings? Yeah, there's some people like like star signs would. Swear by them. Genuinely, like decide their own mood by what the mood <laughs> by what the mood ring. It says I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Which I swear the basis was the hotter you were, then it would say you're more stressed. The colder you were, then it would say something else. It was literally on temperature. I swear. The things are being sold for like what, like a quid. Yeah. So uh, its ability to read your mood, <laughs> I think people are quite questionable. Um, the original slush puppies. Get a good one out of Ballyhoo on what day you'd have. Oh, Ballyhoo in itself. Now, yeah. that is. How many calories did you got... burn running around there? The kids just coming out, red faced. Have a good birthday party there. Looking for whatever water source they could find. If you gave me the choice, I'm taking uh, Ballyhoo over cattle country every day of the week. I'm probably with you there. I'm probably going to go with that. The black slide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, you've got the cojones to go down there. Uh, what else? Have we got a pinky in the brain. In the brain, uh, brain, brain, brain. Tickle Me Elmo, which is really creepy when you hear that now. Yeah, that sounds Just the whole premise of a blockbuster. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Which that was used in uh, the new Captain Marvel just to show the time it was set, the fact there's a blockbuster around. <laughs> what else have we got? I worked in there, don't speak. Not to oh, be yeah. Forgotten. <laughs> I forgot. One of the last employees yeah. of Blockbuster. <laughs> that would have been. Oh, what? I feel like the idea of working there was probably better than working there. Yeah, yeah. My thinking is just... Be, well, I suppose the more you do look into it, then you're not actually doing anything with the films other than seeing the cases. So, no, I, the more I think it's probably <laughs> not as glamorous. No, it was, it was an alright little part-timer, but... Look, you sat me, you go down the hill. Just, <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence. Nothing to do Why with were you sacked? Netflix. I would... Well... Essentially, I had told them I was going to be going to uni. So two yeah. weeks before I was supposed to be leaving, I got sacked. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They, they were doing a um, which, looking like how things turned out, they must have been trying to clean up one looks sort of like last sweep to try and save some money. Yeah, because they were going around all of them and doing like a like inverted commas assessment day, and it was all sort of tick box stuff. It was fairly obvious, but anyone who uh, they probably could have got rid of, they must have done. Because another kid who actually really valued it as a job also got laid off as well so obviously he was quite gutted and I, was like, oh, I don't really care Jesus uh, what else have we got just the whole premise of a Walkman and then onto an iPod an yeah. iPod that little sp- clicking spin wheel <laughs> was absolutely like <laughs> the iPod nano the craziest technology in the world it is a wild thing the weird tie-dye phase is uh, is another one. Tie-dye? Yeah. Who the fuck had tie-dye? It was like a phase, probably like... 
probably late 2000s to be fair. Back when uh, Top Shot, back when uh, everyone was in Top Man. Oh, I think I follow you. Yeah, I was. When you first said Tide, I was thinking like. I'm not going to show you too much more, but it, this is the kind of thing that was going on with The Sims. Jesus Christ. And that's supposedly in a nightclub, and then this woman gives birth to her kid in the nightclub. But yeah, there's I've clip- still seen wilder things in Liquid. Yeah, there's someone on Twitter that did it, and essentially, like, they were, like, sleeping with their mistress while the wife is there with the Grim Reaper dying in the next room, and the baby's in the room with them. Sleeping together, it's the Sims. Just seems like it has just gone absolutely insane. When the the biggest modifications when I was there was give yourself more money so you could upgrade your house and be a bit nicer <laughs> than you wanted it before. Uh, yeah, Santa in a shopping center. I don't know if that still goes on these days, but it's a very strange premise. When I think you gotta be a lot more careful nowadays. <laughs> when people to start, you'd suspect everyone that applies for the job. And then secondly, imagine your job being paid for eight hours to have bratty kids sitting on your knee telling them what you want. Yeah, it's hard to know who to feel more sorry for in that <laughs> scenario, to be honest. The kid probably doesn't want to be there. You don't really want to. Uh, the Crocs phase. Was that a phase? It was, a definitely it, a phase? A fa- it was definitely a phase. People actually actively wore Crocs. Yeah, and then there was the phase of people ironically wearing them after. Which Go through the times you 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 had the Crocs phase, you had the espadrilles, yeah phase, and then people have kind of gone back to wearing flip flops now when there's like the slightest bit of sun. <laughs> What's the oh, the 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 we fit phase. That was big, wasn't it? We fit just brutally telling like half the population they were obese. I actually wasn't telling me that at the time. It was telling me I was nice and healthy. Um, whole looking like a helmet unless you were actually on it by swiveling yourself from side to side to like head a ball, get on there and expect to have lost a pound by <laughs> timing your balance and things like this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so big. To be fair, at the time it was competing with like Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. We forget, and then obviously well, that's where people it, said its limitations were kind of exposed pretty quick. Well, yeah, because the whole point of like a playing a video game is sitting around, it's kind of sitting lazing around and enjoying yourself. You don't want to be jumping all over the shop it's, it's every novelty, time you want to play a game. Yeah. A and then the other side of it was then, even with the Wii in general, you constantly had to be moving. So I don't think it was ever going to be getting you you too far. And it was such sort of like basic graphics and stuff. Yeah, you, you could enjoy really... Mario Kart, and that was and Wii Sports Tennis. I'd absolutely. I, I could have been world champ. My my serve. My brother's telling me I couldn't do my serve that I did on there because it was too good. We bowling as well. Once you time that, then you had a strike literally just every time you wanted to do it if you had lined it up nicely. Good luck. I mind having never go on Wii Sports now, actually. But that's... Uh, you wouldn't get any more out of me than having just a little go on it now. I don't know how it would ever take off. Other than okay. telling parents, you know what, your kids are going to get really fit playing this. <laughs> and I think it got parents involved as well, so they were secretly buying it for themselves at the same oh, time. Oh, they definitely were. Like, well, mum on the in-between. Yeah, well, I don't know why you'd spend, if the premise of was you were doing it to get fit, why you'd spend like 200 quid in a wee fit to stand there and 
do yoga on a thing when if you really wanted to you could get on YouTube and do it for free with a three pound yoga mat yeah it's very strange I don't know if this is still a thing but the Guinness Book of Records was on this list of just there just seems to be a phase you get one for Christmas you'd have the next however long looking through it picking out meaningless there's always yeah there's always a dumb thing wasn't it the problem with that is again the internet isn't it the internet's kind of killed that where you just got people doing crazy shit all the time you it's not so much you can just read it in a book now. Well, it's fun for you. I don't imagine it was too much fun for whoever was there with you having to listen to you read out this record, this record, this record. Like oh, when yeah. someone discovers Cyclopedia for the first time and sit there for an hour reading you every joke they see on the screen. Yeah, your family probably wanted to murder you. <laughs> uh, Guitar Hero. I actually, after seeing this on the list, I managed to play that earlier, but I couldn't do it on anything really above the second difficulty. No, I wasn't the most gifted Guitar Hero player either. <laughs> Also, the novelty of standing up and playing it after a while goes, so then you could almost sit down and play it as if it's just a little controller in front of you rather than having the whole thrill. You have to be in the mood. You don't want to stand up to do Wii Fit. You don't want to stand up even to play the guitar. for a video game. No, I had a good good bit of time on uh, Guitar Hero. I think, actually, I got a rip-off prize training at Blockbusters of all places, so we've gone full circle there. There you go. Uh, Do you remember the Cramp Twins? I remember Lucy and Wayne. I remember of the Cramp Twins. I didn't really watch. So someone had the phrase on there, and I think it was in reference to uh, be it. And this was just a nostalgia one. Being told you'll appreciate this more when you're older. Try and drink when you're older, and that's that's applied to me with football manager and not and not beer. (laughs) (laughs) Football manager, we're younger, so you don't get to play it, and then. Obviously, and that's the money. When you're older, you'll appreciate this. <laughs> Wait till you bring a wonder kid through from Azerbaijan. The pride you'll have. Not too many left. Golden Nugget cereal. I'll still, you know, I'll still have a bit of that now. I didn't know you didn't even know it's still around. Well, you know, I say that. I think I'm getting the uh, the unbranded shot. Multi grain boulders type. <laughs> they taste of... yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Disney films and serials, we were spoiled growing up, really. We had we had a golden age. I I don't know if they saw them now. I used to remember when you were young you could get the little like pack where you had like five different serials and a little like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like, never seen that for yeah. a while. I you feel like I would have seen it working in the co op. We used to do that if we went away on holiday. You know, you don't wanna don't wanna run out of fucking serial options, do you, when you are you're away, obviously. First thing well, you think of I didn't know it was a thing till recently where Apparently, there's some people that put the milk in the bowl before their cereal. To the point where I saw someone say, um, "If you put the milk, if you don't put the milk in first, then you're like a disgrace." Or I was like, well, "How do you know what? How much milk you'd want?" Uh, yeah, I, I was so confused by the idea that people actually did that. I thought, I thought it, it was like the uh, the black and blue dress, where people were saying the opposite thing. I was like, "You're obviously just taking a piss and having me on it," but no, apparently that is a, a genuine thing. We got Toys R Us, which is mad that that would be a nostalgic thing now. I tell you what, when I look at that store, I do actually feel really depressed. Because <laughs> I used to be, if you went near Toys R Us when I was a kid, I was buzzing just to be near it. So the fact that you see it now, that, that is life in a nutshell, that is. How, how po- positive and happy it is <laughs> as a kid and how optimistic you are. And then the realism of what Toys R Us now is. Well, do you remember the, the difference? So you had Lego, then you had um, Kinex. Yeah. And 
Playmobil was like the rogue outsider that was like somewhere in between the two. It's obviously making a comeback. So I was looking at the films that come out for the rest of the year and obviously seeing the success of the Lego movie, there is a Playmobil movie coming oh, out. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I doubt they have all the rights like Lego, so they can't use Batman, Marvel and all the other things. So I tried to think if it's just their own characters made out of Playmobil, I'm not sure it's going to have the same effect. That's going to bomb. <laughs> So have we got Scooby-Doo, the uh, original mystery drama for kids, which they're now is now making a comeback. They're doing another movie uh, animated with Zac Efron playing Fred and Amanda Seyfried playing Daphne. Christ, Efron, Efron <laughs> has a few different roles, doesn't he? <laughs> Ted Bundy to Scooby-Doo. Bundy to Fred. And a recess cartoon, that bad... That bad uh, Snitch Randall. You're such a Randall. Oh, no. You are. No. You dare try and call yourself TJ. <laughs> I'll settle for Gus. <laughs> or Marcus. you got Gus in you. Um, fruit polos. Ooh, Did anyone ever have a pattern that wasn't stuck together? No, I think that was the nature of the beast. You had to take the hit with that. Because I feel like I forgot each time I'd get them and he opened up and oh, for God's sake. Testing your strength. Um, <laughs> the amusement with fart putty being a thing. You get, your hands would actually stink after and the amusement of just having a little tub that you just poke your fingers into just so it's make a little fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible histories being a thing. I actually had all these little... Uh, Magazines for them when I was younger. A good set of books. Yeah, that's a lot of books. Uh, Sega Mega Drive. It's one of the best games ever. You can take Sonic. your PS One, Sonic the Hedgehog, best game ever. Yeah. There's a film for that coming at the end of the year, which worries me. She obviously said it's all about nostalgia now. All the yep. films and stuff coming out. Right, do you ever remember Skyving School? I wouldn't have got away with it, so no, I, was, I, was... I wasn't the type. I was a write-off. I had no chance. You literally had to be sick to yeah, be I said, off you had, school. Had to, had to see, they had to see some sick. No sick, you ain't getting off. Although I actually remember whimpering, which doesn't sound like me, I'm sure. Um, so much on the way to school about uh, how ill I felt when my mum used to take us that she just essentially just kicked me out of the car and said, right, get a bus home then if you're that ill. And I, then you're stuck because you can't then backtrack and say, no, I'll go in. So I did have to get the bus home so I don't know what the bus driver was thinking at that hour. Were you that ill? Went quite quickly once I'd got back. But that once, would soon become a theme for you, wouldn't it? Convince you, yourself you were ill. Once you've gone all in about noticing it, then it's there and it gets worse. You know, Nobody wants a full day at school with that. No. No one else deserves it. No. Action man. Can't have it anymore. He's a sexist... That's actually the last. That's actually the last on my list as well. Action man, the, the fuzzy hair and all that. Well, it was literally like, right? If you're a girl, you got Barbie, and if you're a boy, you got Action Man. There's no in between. If you told us at that age, right? Some boys and girls are going to have the opposite one, and some boys and girls aren't actually boys <laughs> or girls. It's probably a sign. Of blown the, your mind. It's probably a sign of the time. So I remember being younger, being told uh, I had action man hair, and now it's just instead turned to a shoe brush or something along those lines. So maybe shows the 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 way uh, the times have gone and the age I am now. 
like a lateral man. Never was able to be as creative as some kids. Like some kids like two action figures, and they can have the time of their lives. I was never that guy. They can have a full. No, not really. Not to have a full on like battle with uh, people. Never really as much as I like wrestling. Was a guy to have wrestling action figures either. No. Probably enjoyed doing a good bit of building Lego, maybe. I had a bit of that, but I also had a reasonable amount of time on my own as a kid, so you, <laughs> you kind of had to figure things out. Yeah, we rotated between the room on their own, but other than that, it would be... I think I always had a PS2 or a PS1 in my room, so I'd have been pretty happy with that. I see. Anyway, that takes us to the end of what... Memory lane. doesn't quite seem as much of an ultimate list now as as it was, but we've got enough there. Maybe I'll uh, dig some things up with Alex next week if... Uh, if he turns up for a start, and then you never know. Of him. <laughs> and then, secondly, we'll see uh, if there's anything really in the news. We've had an international break, and if the international break doesn't affect uh, football fans enough, it affects us. We've given us something to talk about. Uh-huh. We can't call Liverpool bottlers this week and question whether they're <laughs> bottling it if they aren't playing. Maybe that's what was happening with Van Dyke yesterday. He was showing he's going to bottle the league when Nabry has gone past him. <laughs> But anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. As always, if you could check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, give us a review, like, share, repost, and all that business. And if you could check out www.spitballingpod.com, then you'll find much more content on there. Thank you.